Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Proteus Performance Podcast. I'm your host, Will Waterman, Head of Human Performance and Sports Science at Proteus Motion. We got a really awesome podcast episode for you today. We are calling this Cracking the Gen Pop Code. So what we're doing here is talking with literally one of our top trainers that works in gym pop fitness, Rachel Ma, who is at a, a site of ours at Equinox in New York City. And she has been one of the you know early adopters of Proteus there and has really kind of come to have an advanced understanding of where Proteus fits in with the gym pop client. It has a very different set of unique challenges compared to working with athletes, you know? And I think we we always talk about how Proteus fits in with working with the athletic population and how it solves a lot of those problems, you know, and, and with working with athletes, but there's some unique challenges in the gym pop client base and, and in the gym pop gym environment, especially like a big chain type of facility that Rachel has really helped identify Proteus solves and can really help with both novice clients or excuse me, novice trainers work with their clients and help to pull them into, you know, you know, working with them, gaining trust and, and really getting more, more clients trusting them in their personal training, but also with these unique ways that Proteus can be used to help train, you know, clients, not just for aesthetic purposes, although Proteus can be great for that, but also for helping them to move better and move in these different patterns that then if they're able to move better, they're able to train more, they're able to look better and accomplish those types of goals as well. She talks about, you know, working with older clients and how it's beneficial to work with uh, these older clients and help them with uh, power loss, which is something we lose faster than we lose strength or endurance. So we go into lots of different things, applications, how to even help other trainers learn how to use Proteus and, and just really where it fits in, in the whole ecosystem. So I thought this was a really great podcast for us where we really hit things from a different angle than usual. So I hope you enjoy it. And here it is, my episode with Rachel Ma. This episode of the Proteus Performance Podcast is brought to you by Proteus Motion. Proteus Motion is doing for physical strength assessment what the x-ray has done for body imaging. The Proteus system is a patented physical assessment and resistance training platform that has proven to dramatically improve athletes' performance health, strength, power, and speed, and increase revenue for fitness, sports performance, and physical therapy businesses by up to 45%. Proteus Motion works with the world's leading fitness, sports medicine, and sports performance institutions, and is trusted by tens of thousands of users across all ages and abilities, including notable users, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Verlander, Damian Lillard, and John Rahm. Assessing strength and power in a way never before possible, Proteus assesses any combination of movements, especially rotation and multiplanar movements, in five minutes or less. Get actionable, hyper-personalized training recommendations and compare your results against friends, people like you, or any population. Don't forget, it's also a training tool. Proteus's 3D resistance feels like you're training underwater. Its patented 3D resistance delivers a new workout experience that is safer, more fun, and produces two times more muscle activation than a cable machine or free weights, helping improve movement patterns and increasing fitness. Proteus patented the first ever way to quantify functional strength enabled by 3D resistance, which is uniquely constant in all planes and directions. Spun out of MIT, Proteus was founded in 2016 and is headquartered in Brooklyn, New York. For more, visit ProteusMotion.com and follow at ProteusMotion on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Okay, Rachel Ma, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. So uh, just, you know, I know I already talked a little bit about this in the intro, but I, I just want to set the stage a little bit more about how you, we got introduced to you. Um, you know, what we're doing right now is we have a, a Proteus at your gym. You're at, uh, at Equinox in New York. Mm -hmm. And uh, honestly, you know, if we just really boil it down, you have been the uh, a trainer that we've just really grown to recognize as being one of the leaders and understanding really what Proteus can offer, what it can do. And, uh, you know, we've seen you have great success with uh, using it with your clients. And, uh, you know, we really wanted to have this conversation to talk about how 
Proteus can really be brought into not just be a uh, you know something that's used with athletes, although it obviously is always going to have that application, right? Mm -hmm. um, but that can also be used in this more kind of like a gen pop type of uh, population. And so, you know, we were like thinking about who can we talk to? Who can we talk to that, you know, works with that, that, you know, gen pop kind of clients. And it was by far in a way you were our number one pick to have the podcast. So that's why you're here. And that's why we want to talk to you. So, you know, thank you for, for joining and uh, you know, uh, I, we're excited to have you on. Yeah, I'm excited to be here, and I'm very flattered by that whole intro. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, uh, it, it's true. So um, let's let's just jump into a couple of things. Like, I always want to start with like background. You know what I mean? So, how did you you know, get into the profession? Give us kind of your origin story. You know what I mean? Well, so my start into personal training was very interesting because. I feel like it was built off of a lot of, a lot of other like false starts. Like I grew up playing soccer. I was very like athletic, mm -hmm. very high energy. So my parents were like, okay, put her in, put her in sports to tire her out. Mm -hmm. So that was like, <laughs> you know, and then I had to stop playing soccer because of like concussions and then went into like, just like, I still love the like strength training component and, you know, I've always like had fitness be part of my life. And so there's that side. And then there's like the side of like my education like I went to USC I was pre-med for most of my time there I was like I'm gonna be a doctor I want to use science to help people mm -hmm. um, my parents are both uh scientists and my mom's side of the family there's a lot of doctors but like in China so it's kind of a lot more like eastern medicine and mix of eastern and western medicine so mm. I've kind of always like seen the power that medicine has or science can have to improve lives um, and in my process, I just kind of realized like the way that I want to approach it doesn't really align with what doctors do. And I think it's more aligned with like trainers and lifestyle coaching of just really focusing purely on the preventative um, and just basically trying to be the trainer that like I want my parents to have, which is like my parents are literally my muses yes. at this point where I'm like, you know, they're getting older and I want and they, you know, we have a husky back home and we have like, <laughs> like the, they like to garden, like my dad, like likes to golf and play soccer. So it's like, I want them to be able to stay active so they can stay healthy. So like, you know, I can call them when I have questions about like anything in life and they'll be. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. No, I, I love that. I, I, as someone, I could really identify with that because I had the big struggle, you know, I went into physical therapy, but my, always my biggest struggle was and I, my, my pa kind of passions around the prevention, like, mm -hmm. like I'd see all these people come in with these injuries. I'm like, man, if only I got to you, you know, three months ago, you wouldn't have had this. And obviously not like the collisions and things you can't stop yeah. that happen during sport, but I'm talking about the chronic stuff, Yeah, you know? So, uh, I really, I, and it was something I was always jealous of people that are on the training side who got to work with basically health, you know, relatively healthy, you know, everyone comes with you. I'm sure you have a lot of clients come to you with ailments, but, yeah. um, you know, being able to work on that front end versus always getting the back end of things. Yeah. So, it's, yeah it's, that, it's lower stakes and it's, but it's also at the same time, like more fulfilling to me. So I was like, well, in yeah. an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. I mean, like yeah. we see that all the time. I mean, like, you know, how, how well you take care of yourself, it prevents so much things down the line. So I, I love that. Well, so that kind of is a nice segue into understanding, you know, what is your, you know, what are some kind of some of your methodologies? What are the kind of things you, you know, find yourself practicing? You know, I know that you have uh, a few certifications. I know you're, uh, I think at Equinox, they call it the tier X, which is the yeah. highest, the highest level um, yeah. at Equinox. So kind of maybe tell us a little bit about your favorite training philosophies, some of the things you like to do with your clients. Yeah, well, so TRX is basically the only reason I went into training was because I heard about this when I was um, a member in LA for like the one year that our like school gym shut down because um, they were doing renovations and stuff. But TRX was basically this really beautiful marriage of like lifestyle coaching, nutrition, sleep coaching, and personal training um, and like movement training and stuff. And it's like very high level programming. We do a lot of metabolic work. Um, we have a very involved assessment that allows us to get in there but then we also have like continuing education that's like more weighted towards the coaching side so you know how do you help clients make time find time how do you get them to want to change themselves instead of trying to force and prescribe change you know how do you mm. 
be a guide or like a GPS versus just taking the steering wheel from them and like going. Mm. So Mm -hmm. it's, yeah. So that was kind of like, that's what really drew me to Equinox. And also the fact that it, it really does like the whole education process going up through Equinox as you ascend through the tiers is very science-based and um, it's science that's been tailored to general population, which is a pop, which is a group of people that tend to be neglected in sports science and performance science, because, you know, you don't get like those super sexy outcomes and the championships and the glory, but yeah. It's, normal people living normal lives but it's also like there's so many people that are normal and live normal lives and need yeah um so I kind of just like went that route I was like let's just see where it is like I never really wanted to work but I don't want to work with athletes but I was I was like there's enough trainers that want to work with like athletes and models and actors like (laughs) I can take everything and my passion and move it towards like normal people and kind of create space there and also have people that like look like me like you know having like that Asian American representation, having like that female yeah. representation and creating more empathy in those spaces were very important to me. Oh, I, I yeah. love it. And I, I really love that perspective. And I know we've talked about this before uh, several times, I think about that angle of everyone's an athlete, right? And yeah. and like, uh, but at the same time, there's a unique approach that you have to take when you're not working with athletes. This isn't a full-time job for them is to get in shape. And I, I love you. I think you said something there about, letting them take, you know, kind of getting them to do things on their own and helping motivate them. Um, and, and then obviously I, I love all that, uh, you know, everything you talk about, about, you know, bringing up that representation and, and it, it is something I know that's always challenging, uh, especially being a female in a pretty male dominant industry. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I'd love to hear more about that. But uh, I, in general, I want to. I'd love to hear more about some of those challenges that you see of working in a Gen Pop kind of facility. Like, what are, what are those big challenges? Uh, you know that that you have to contend with. That maybe the the place people that are working with you know athletes and working in sports performance kind of facilities don't have to deal with. Yeah, well, I mean, there's two kind of main categories where it's like the equipment and the availability and the budget that is available for the equipment. Like, you know, we're not getting like government funding. We're not getting, um, I mean, Equinox makes plenty of money. Like it's a very well-known chain and it is like very, very luxurious. Like I'm not going to go pretend that we're like working out in some like grungy basement. Um, But even then, (laughs) like. Definitely not. I've seen that. (laughs) That facility is one of the nicest gyms I've been to. It's really nice. It's it's definitely very cushy. You know, can't complain about that being my office at all. Um, but you know, we don't necessarily get like, we don't get force plates to test people. We don't get like, not every location has a metabolic cart to run those assessments. Mm -hmm. Um, we have, you know, limited space for cables and treadmills and you have to get like, you know, what people need and what people want. And like, if it were a gym designed purely by trainers, you know, it would be predominantly like, there'd be a lot of weights. There'd be a lot of squat racks. There'd be a lot of, you know, like really like functional stuff but because it's more of gem pop there's a lot more machines there's like you know a lot of seated chest press like seated mm-hmm. like a lot of selectorized machines that mm-hmm. you know I wouldn't naturally gravitate towards but are a safe place for people who like don't want to have a trainer or like you know might not be ready yet to do like the super like Skilled. fancy like quote-unquote fancy intimidating complex movements yeah. Um, so it, skilled lifts. How about that? Skilled lifts. I love that. Yeah. yeah. We can nix the, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the previous thing. Yeah. So yeah. we don't have as much. Um, it's just, you have to accommodate a larger variety of people and a larger variety yeah. of goals and a larger variety of skill sets. And because of that, you have to be really considerate of other people. And like, you know, it's, it's crowded and it's crowded, it's really right? crowded. It gets yeah. really busy and you don't always get the equipment that you want because you don't want to be that trainer who's coming in and is all like, ha ha ha. Like I'm a trainer. Like my clients pay this much money. So like you're less than them and like get off the equipment. I need it. Right. So there's a lot of like improvisation um, that has to happen in uh, session. And then in terms of programming and the lead up to programming, there's a lot more variation of the clients that come to us. So our assessments need to be robust, but they also can't be too like too expensive like we can't have right. like plates and we can all have all the space to like use right. on assessments so like a training facility you can have you know if you're training like volleyball players or basketball players and you jump like you can get the force plate that you need right. you can get, like the cameras you can do like um you can get the kaiser equipment all of that stuff whereas for us it's like you know you get an in-body we get an fms kit 
and now we have the Proteus. Yeah. That has covered a lot of the bases that were previously. You know, it's something we say a lot when we talk to even sports performance places. It's like a a line we say a lot is it's a, it's a, uh, you know, sports science lab in a box, Mm -hmm. you know, and the the idea behind it is, you know, when people see Proteus, like, oh, it's kind of big. And we're like, yeah, but the difference in, in Proteus versus what you're going to get um, if you tried to replicate all these things using all the other equipment you would need, it is extremely space efficient because uh, not only would you need like, you know, the weights and Kaiser machines and all this to test all these different movements, right? You'd have to write it down. You'd have to keep track of it. And our software does all of that for you. It analyzes it for you. But the the biggest thing I always try to tell people is it, you test with it and you train with it. You know, it's not just something that's going to sit, you know, force plate, you're going to walk over it every day. Yeah. And then you're going to test on it once a month or whatever for each client. Whereas Proteus, you, you'll test on it once a month. It may be, or maybe more, you know, uh, yeah. and then you'll train with it every day. Right. And so it's really a value in that space and that sense. And that's where, you know, when, especially when we talk about gym pop facilities, that don't have, you know, you mentioned all these things, they don't have the ability to buy, you know, a bunch of Kaiser racks and a bunch of other things that are hyper specialized to one thing. Instead, you can get a Proteus and it's all these things in one machine. You know, it does a lot of the things a force plate can do as far as measuring power production and velocity and all this, but you can also do a bunch of workouts and do a Metcon, (laughs) you know, type of thing on there. So Maybe maybe talk a little bit about how, in your mind, Proteus fits in, especially with the tier X kind of level of assessments. I mean, how do you how do you use it? Uh, we can maybe jump into that and talk about how you're using it in those different ways, like testing, training, et cetera. The movement training portion of tier X involves a lot more like triplanar movement. So we do emphasize in the education, in the curriculum to get promoted into tier X. There is a lot more emphasis on incorporating like lateral movements and incorporating rotational movements, not just like anti-rotation movements, which is kind of like what everything from tier three plus and tier three, like that EFTI, like which is our continuing education course, um, really emphasized. And because of that, like the Proteus does make it easier. Like, I mean, we have the Viper, we have kettlebells, you know, we, we can do bands yep. and stuff, but just being able to have the Proteus and be able to transition and add locomotion and rotation and also like not have to worry about a ball going astray and hitting another <laughs> member, like yeah. being able to just have yeah. all those, like, little wins. Um, well, that's a great yeah. point about the, I, I, I forget about that, but yeah, I guess you don't probably do a lot of med ball stuff where you would throw it because <laughs> yeah. if you throw it there you'd hit like five people who were <laughs> yeah like that like assessment like that in the tpi power assessment where it's like a horizontal oh. toss like yeah good luck doing that at equinox at 7 a.m on a tuesday Ooh. like you're going to get like four lawsuits <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 um so yeah it's just like it's it's very convenient in that sense um in terms of the versatility and movement training, but also the assessments are a big part of the tier X, um, mm-hmm. I guess, like service that we offer, like the tier X yeah. coaching. And it's where- more focused on movement rather than like, you know, body composition or, I mean, I know you guys do that kind of stuff, but it's more about movement quality and performance with health rather than, I think, this, this is what I think you're saying, rather than like, focusing so much on like kind of those old school metrics of like how much body fat do do you have and like all this kind of thing. Yeah. The, the TRX trainers are very like, it's, it's a lot more like of a cutting edge or the TRX coaches. It's more of a cutting edge kind of program where, you know, there will always be people that want recomp, but recomp in order to program like body recomposition, it's not that hard in order. Well, I mean, it's not like easy, but like, most trainers can accomplish that. Um, with tier X, it's like, okay, so you have like a CEO who spent the first 50 years of his life working his butt off. Mm-hmm. And now he wants to be able to enjoy retirement and he wants to be able to golf, like, or like he wants to be able to enjoy, like, you know, taking a step back. He wants to enjoy the fruits of his labor, but mm-hmm. his body can't sustain the fruits of his labor. You know, he can't go mm-hmm. down to Florida for a weekend and play 72 holes and come back and be fine. Like, so mm-hmm. it's being able to like have these people that have a little bit more like of like more like almost like difficult cases, but not even difficult, just like it it's not like a it's not as easy to apply a one size fits all program to them. 
So we have to be able to figure out like what they really want, what they really need. And like also how to marry that with their very like demanding life and like mm-hmm. other priorities because you know, the people that like tier X catered, I mean, there's a certain price point for tier X where like it is not the most accessible. And that is something that like I do kind of, I don't love, but at the same time, like it does create very high level training for normal mm-hmm. people who probably don't even know that like it is possible to like not have your back hurt every time you stand up, you know, like you can yeah. keep up with your kids, like you can complete that hike. Uh, you can run a marathon every year for like the next 10 years if you want. And it's basically to be able to open up other doors and to be able to handle certain like right. other use cases that might kind of be like brushed off or not being able to handle that were, that might not be able to be handled as well with um, in like other situations. Right. Yeah. So, it, you know, and we get like, I get people that are like marathon runners where like the current T-Rex assessment with the metabolic work and the in-body and like those things, it's, it's sufficient, right? Cause like a VO2 max test, if you're a marathon runner, like you definitely want to like, that's important to you, but for someone who wants to improve their golf game, like there is no performance assessment for that. Sure. We can do that. We can do the FMS screen. Um, and I would even expand that into the TPI screen, which I will take people through if they're like interested in like rotational sports, um, even if it's not just golf. But for most people who like, you know, have been playing for a long time, like the FMS, they're going to breeze by the TPI screen. They're going to breeze by. Like I even recently just um, closed a client who he basically has been playing golf his whole life. He's in great shape. His movement is fine. Like I ran him through an FMS. I ran him through the TPI screen. And there was nothing, there were no red flags. It's like, yeah, sure, maybe you can improve like your like right leg stability a little bit. But in terms of like increasing his club head speed from like 107 to 110, like the FMS isn't going to give me any data that Mm. will be useful in programming. On the other hand, the Proteus being able to see that like, oh yeah, he's strength dominant because he trained with like a trainer who didn't have like, you know, either the equipment or the certifications and the background to like improve specifically his club head speed. Um, he's now strength dominant. So it's like, okay, I need to get him faster, but in order to get him faster. Yeah. Yeah. But like in order to get him faster, like, you know, I can't be loading him with really heavy weight. I can use cables, but then the cables, I want the full range of motion because I can't just have like one part of his swing be really, really good. I need to be able to have the whole thing. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's really cool. And, and, And so it's really giving you, uh, it sounds like it's almost part of it's the versatility, right? You're able to use it for athletes. You're able to use it for really keeping people, A, just keeping people help identify things that, you know, just your regular average person needs to kind of stay healthy. But specifically when you have people with goals where they want to perform athletically, you're able to really push them into something very hyper-specific with Proteus that helps kind of fill some gaps, some of these other things. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like a level of service that like, like this, this guy that I'm talking about, like he's a member at Printing House, like he's not even a member at my location. He comes Mm -hmm. to my location to be able to use the Proteus and to be able to get like the TPI, of course, like helps, but like, you know, it's a TPI and it's that I can apply that knowledge with the Proteus and marry the two and really help him get like a very pinpointed like results. Let's talk a little bit more about use though, because I think that's really interesting because I know the way we approached it there, and I know things have evolved a lot at, 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 at the, at the gym, both in, you know, I know you were an early adopter and Pat, shout out Pat was a uh, Proteus Pat. Sometimes we yeah. call, uh, uh, you know, were early adopters and kind of saw the value in it early, yeah. but we kind of positioned it early on as really just an assessment tool, you know, and, and you yeah. guys were doing a lot more tests, um, but I think it's evolved, you know, where now you guys are starting to use it a lot more on the conditioning side and actually workouts with it. So maybe could you tell me a little bit about like how you're using it on the training side outside of just kind of identifying things for your clients that, it, you know, the data will show you like what, what, how are you using it day to day with different types of clients? Yeah, well, I guess we'll start with like kind of the most common goals and the most common clientele, which is just the, I want to get toned and defined, you know, I mm, have a yeah. trip coming up, I have a vacation coming up, I have a wedding coming up, something like that, um, where it allows us to like overload like the metabolic system, it allows, us, it allows us to challenge the metabolic system in a way that you can't really do with a kettlebell, a barbell, stuff like that, because you're working in both directions. So right. there's a lot more like 
fatigue that kind of builds up with it. Um, and then also just like the, the fun component of like, you know, <laughs> if someone wants like shredded abs and you put them on a rower, like you're not like to, as like their core burnout, it's not as specific to like their one body part that they're trying to really destroy, uh-huh. like and destroy in a good way. But yeah. then like, um, like I've like one of like Pat, like I think every single, like almost every single one of his clients at some point they do the straight arm like rotation. Cause it's so mm-hmm. easy to do. And the, what an amazing thing that I've noticed is that clients that will feel their hip flexors or feel their low back on doing like Russian twists and stuff, don't feel it in the, when they're using the Proteus and they can almost go harder on the Proteus because of that lack of like momentum, because it's all con it's all like concentrically biased. So they don't have to worry about having to decelerate and that like that, like lack of deceleration is where injuries happen. So basically takes off it, like it gives a safety net um, to clients where we don't have to then be like, Oh, okay. So we have to stretch for like 15 minutes before I can even (laughs) do abs with you. So we can get into the right muscles. It just immediately like taps into it. Yeah. And, and then that, that probably serves well for that older client. Right. Right. Which we have, you know, I know that you guys, you mentioned, you know, like even the client family, oh, he's was a, you know, executive for 50 years and now he's trying to do these things. Like those, a lot of those clients, they don't move fast anymore. Right. Yeah. And that's something we, we really try to emphasize too. Like it is one of the safest tools you can use to start doing power and speed-based work, mm-hmm. which is the thing you lose fastest as you age, like use that before strength and all that stuff. So being able to use it and not get hurt mm-hmm. is, is, is the number one thing, right? Like you do whatever you want to do. You don't want to hurt your client. So yeah. uh, that, that's really, that's really interesting. Um, yeah. And, and so it sounds like you're using it a lot for those, you know, for those people that are trying to like, you know, like you said, body composition type, you know, lose weight, yeah. get just get generally in shape. You use yeah. it kind of more on the metabolic conditioning side. You're doing more of those like kind of hit type training with it, right? Yeah. And finishers and stuff, or just like even like warm-ups also. Like if you have someone mm-hmm. who has like very lofty goals and you only see them twice a week, like that's only two hours of like exercise a week. You don't want to spend or like that's only two hours of like specific strength training a week. Sure. So like you don't want to spend 15 minutes every day. So like 30 minutes of that two hour chunk, just stretching and doing movement prep and like trying to activate muscles and all of that. And so one thing that I've really loved is like, I will literally use the Proteus as like a quicker warm up or a quicker movement, like a quicker movement preparation tool. Um, Mm -hmm. especially for people that like want more stability and like they lack, they like have plenty of mobility, but lack stability because it fires up like the synergists in a way that just, you can do like 18 different band exercises and like finally get there. But like, I could also just put them on the Proteus for like a minute, have them do like single leg deadlifts with the Proteus, which like can assist one direction and then resist the other or do like certain movements they couldn't do. Fire up the glutes, fire up the core, like remind them that they have hamstrings, help them get their foot balanced because a lot of people like sit all day at work. They're not on their feet or they're in like shoes that are crushing their feet. So it's just kind of like, have them be grounded and focus on like balancing, um, they can then get so much more out of their workouts. Right. Well, well tell me this, like, so, you know, obviously, you know, what, what I love about how you're using it, using it with all these different types of, you know, clients and all these different types of, uh, you know, with different types of goals and different ways. And you're really using it in the way that we try to, we try to tell other people, all these people like, Hey, you can use it for movement prep. You can use it for, you know, power development, you can use it for conditioning. So I really love that you're kind of using that full spectrum, but you know, something we've seen, that's always been challenges is really educating other trainers about how they can do this, educating uh, just the general public of like here are the different ways it can be used. So I know that with tier X and at Equinox, you know, at this point, you kind of become a mentor, right. To other trainers that are coming up. Right. Yeah. So like, how do you, how have you, or how do you introduce it to kind of the new trainer, right? Uh, I know we've, and, and we can talk about kind of, you know, success stories later, but I, I'm more curious about how you introduce it to them. Do you start with the, um, with the application from the te- or, or excuse me, the application from like how they can use it in training, or do you more start with getting them to use it from a testing, uh, kind of a testing perspective? So for that one, it like really depends. I mentor the same way that I coach where it's like when I'm coaching, it's client centered. And when Mm -hmm. I'm mentoring, it's trainer centered. So it's like, 
when they have a question, like, I'm not even like going about it. I'm not even approaching it in the sense of like, okay, how can I work the Proteus into this? Mm. It's more like if someone has an issue closing because they just keep getting people that don't want training because they're already fit, then it's like, okay, yeah, add the assessment, add the Proteus assessment, like humble them real quick. You know, they think that they're in good shape (laughs) just because like they have, you know, a bicep, like put them and show them like how like how much that bicep needs to function and how it compares like you know they think Um, that they're like you know they think that they're a great golfer they have like a perfect swing because you know they can drive it like 250 yards we'll show them like what the statistics are to in order to get to 300 you know right it's just it it, interesting yeah, it allows us to provide more context. And that's ultimately what a lot of people at Equinox and especially in New York City, like really want. It's like, how do we measure up to other people? You know, like they already strive to be the best of us. We have a lot of like really high performing, like type A, like it's just like a, it's like a personality filter a little. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, if you want to close, if you have, or you're having trouble closing someone because the current assessment, like the current battery of assessments is not providing enough value and new knowledge for them then add another assessment that will provide new knowledge. And maybe sometimes it's not even the Proteus, sometimes it's like the Cooper, like the VO2 max Cooper test. Mm -hmm. But like more often than not, if someone's goal is to move better, you know, be able to like win their next like country club, like golf tournament, you know, like keep up with their son playing basketball, like those kinds of things you're not going to get from a VO2 test as much as you will from like a Proteus. Nice. Yeah, that totally makes sense. And, and, and when you, when you mentioned, you know, kind of this closing, I just, for, for the listeners that aren't in uh, the gym pop world, I'm going to, I'm going to do a translation, which that, what you mean there is converting the, the client into personal training, right? Cause, yeah. cause you guys, I think at Equinox, the way you guys do it is you give kind of like a, um, an Equifit or like a, 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 some type of free assessment for new members but then you guys as trainers are often, I think, measured on that conversion, right? The ability to take that first time session with them and convert them into a, a client, right? Like that's part of how you guys are measured. And mm-hmm. so what you're what you're really talking about there is the ability to use Proteus to help with that close and help kind of get people to, uh, you know, jump into personal training a little bit more. Yeah. And that's really the people that are a little bit more resistant of like, oh, what can this trainer offer me? Like, I know what I'm doing kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It's like, you do know what you're doing. I'm not saying you don't know what you're doing. I'm just saying that like, I know more. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, (laughs) well, and then, yeah, that's the thing is, you know, it it, it helps provide uh, and something that Proteus does, right, is we're not taking the decision away from the trainer. All it's doing is help surface Mm-hmm. the uh you know the the issues the lowest hanging fruit and the and even the not so low hanging fruit but the yeah. things that you need to do to get them better whatever their goals are it surfaces that and gives the uh, ingredients to the cake without giving away the recipe right right exactly. it says you need to work on this but you as the trainer or as that tr- whoever the trainer is working with the client they still know how much for of each ingredient they need in what order and you know what temperature set the oven you know they are actually have all that knowledge um but i you know we have seen at least at equinox uh especially for a few trainers some really cool stories of uh you know one trainer in particular she she started with i think it was like a 10 percent conversion and then she started doing proteus and now she's at 42 percent or 45 yeah. maybe, which is a, a great number, Phenomenal, um, especially yeah. for a, a, a new, she's, she's newer, right? Like she was a newer, yeah. uh, uh, newer. Trainer. She's like our newest. Um, she's like a little second newest now. Cause we just actually got some new trainers, but she and another, she's so with Tammy is the trainer. Yeah. Um, so she was like, it was her and another person. And shout out was, Tammy. <laughs> shout out Tammy. You're killing it. Um, yeah. And just for like reference, like when I started and like, I think the kind of standard at Equinox at least is 25% conversion. They wow. say you close one out of every four Equifits. Um, and the Equifit is our intake process. That's the assessment that we do to um, kind of provide our value. Um, and yeah, so 25%. So she's pretty much like double that at this point. She nice. had been at that and now she's like a double that. That's really cool. That's really, really cool. Um, and you know, I know that there's been other trainers there with, you know, success stories and, and, and I know you helped us collect some of these re- recently, but I figured we will tell some of those too. I know, um, I think Pat was, a, he, he had a pretty cool one with a, a, a client with stenosis, right? Do you remember, do you remember that story? Yeah. So, I mean, I, 
don't know a ton about his actual specific diagnosis because like we do kind of try to keep certain sure. like information closer to the heart sure. um but yeah so he has a client who um also has a yoga podcast like very big in the fitness like he's very interested in fitness he knows what he's talking about you know he's on pt for like he's done PT, he's done yoga. He's, you know, he's now working into getting to strength training, but because of his stenosis, it's really hard for him to kind of regulate his like skeletal muscles to kind of regulate that coordination. Uh Um, and there are certain things that will cause pain, certain things that will be stiff and you never really, and it's really hard to kind of navigate that while trying to like load them in a traditional way. Right. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, you try to get him to bench press and if something is off, then like you're putting his life in danger, like literally. Mm -hmm. So Pat has been able to really work with the client and what the client is interested in and his goals and use the Proteus to help him do like the typical push pull movements, hip dominant, like knee dominant. So he can squat, he can hinge, he can press, he can row, and he can do all of these things with the same level of resistance or the same like force production requirement from the muscle without having to worry as much about injury, without having to worry as much about his back hurting or being in a weird mm. position. And that's the other thing is that like, because the Proteus is like 360 resistance, you know, if someone, if being like supine hurts somebody or if someone cannot be supine, for uh, example, women who are second or third trimester pregnant should mm. not be like flat on their back. So you can put them on an incline and basically give them the same like resistance, the same line of resistance as if they were mm. on the ground interesting that's yeah. really interesting yeah i you know it's one of those things is i consider myself a pretty creative you know like trader and pt but like i've been amazed to see how other people like do things i would have never thought of with the with you know proteus and even in general i've been outside of proteus you know what i mean like i i, I always love seeing the creativity in the gym working around people's limitations that's kind of what forces you you know those that forces you to be creative, right? When you have a client like, oh, I can't do this, but I want to load them this certain way. I normally do X, but now I have to do a completely new way. And yeah. one cool thing is, you know, obviously we do give you the freedom of like, well, you can load it a com- in the same direction you were wanted to load before, but now you can do it from any position, right? Because mm-hmm. the resistance is always the same. So that that's really interesting. And, and I know that, um, so you have that type of, client, which I think is really cool. You're working around those limitations to give those, gives the the freedom for you guys to like be creative. But yeah. I also think it's interesting to talk about, um, you know, Jerry, who's one of your trainers there that he's, he's been uh, working uh, a lot with Proteus more and more. He had a really cool story uh, around, he had two that I thought were really interesting. One was around a client who kind of, uh, kind of stalled on his bench press. And another one was, uh, there was another one that kind of, I think was the typical bodybuilding client, you know, the mm-hmm. one who just wanted to be, I want to be big and all this yeah. stuff. And he kind of, he just want to look like Adonis. Like I get it. Yeah. Yeah. And they, well, yeah. And they want to come to him cause he's a, you know, he's a, a, a in shape guy and he probably attracts, I, you know, actually I'm kind of curious, does in the personal training world, you have so many different personal trainers there. Do you find that people, uh, gravitate to certain trainers, uh, based on, how they perceive that train, what they perceive that trainer to be good at. Is that something you see a lot? A hundred percent. I mean, a big part of it is like lead, like one, like our managers and our like membership advisors also play a role in it. So like Mm. what you put out is very much what you get. So like Pat is very athletic. Like he does a lot of like, he grew up playing basketball. So he gets the people that want to be able to like play basketball who want to be able Ah. to be athletic. And he has a very like athletic build. So for people that want more of that, like he gets that. Jerry is built like, I mean, he's like, he literally is like built like Tarzan. Like, I mean, this is in the best way possible. Like he's Jack and he has a long flowing hair and like he attracts the people that want that, you know? Yeah. 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 So like, but because of that, like there's also, you know, a more unique challenge for him, which is that he att- attracts people that have higher training ages. He attracts people that have been working out for a while that have been athletes in the past. So they tend to adapt a lot quicker. And then that means they plateau a lot quicker and without the like data to be like, okay, is it speed or is it resistance? Like we don't have chains, we don't have like bands and stuff. So we can't do like, like we can't, we don't have as much like flexibility in terms of like what we can do at the gym in terms of like breaking a plateau. So like you can't really trial and error as much. You kind of have to be able to pinpoint fairly quickly. So for him to be able to be like, oh, speed's the issue and be able to go straight into doing like 
plyometric for push for like a chest push, then he can easily be like, oh, and then his, he broke the plateau really quickly. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really and- interesting. The, the lack of the, uh, then that it's, I didn't even think about you're totally right. Like no chains, no, these other things. That's really, that's really interesting. Yeah. And maybe some locations have it. I just know that like our, ours, we don't. Sure. Um, yeah. And then he's also very creative. Like I think Jerry's also very, he's very like knowledgeable in this field. So he also gets, he knows how to work with the Proteus, you know, he knows how to explain it. He's very confident in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's honestly one of like the biggest like barriers to entry is that like, people get kind of intimidated by like the tech component. They get intimidated mm-hmm. by like, it just looks different. It looks new. It's not a barbell. It's not a kettlebell, you know, but like, if you didn't like grow up using kettlebells, you think the kettlebell is gimmicky, you know? I was about to say, so, yeah. I mean, yeah. no, Everything not a lot of gimmicky. people have used it. Yeah. 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 If, if you think something's gimmicky, like it's kind of on you as the trainer to like understand mm-hmm. and you kind of have to have this like willing suspension of disbelief to be like, okay, like I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to see what I can dig up about this. And that's kind of where the certification that you guys have comes in handy because it very much lays it out like one, two, three. Um, and then also like, you know, be creative. Like as trainers, I think a lot of that creativity, we're almost like afraid to be creative. We're afraid to be like, you know, we don't want to be that person who's doing the weird exercise or whatever. But sometimes you have a client who like needs you to be able to like be creative because doing a standard deadlift is not an option, you know, like, mm-hmm. Pat's client with stenosis, like he's not going to go put him on a bar on a trap bar and be like, all right, 225, like, let's go. Like, you know, he has to be able to train his hinge mechanics and his squat mechanics in a way that's, that still works with his body and his limitations. Um, and like, oh yeah, another point about like the, sorry to jump around, um, Pat and like his client, um, his stenosis client is that, it, it also imp- increases his like SPUs because like, oh, which is sessions per user. So like mm. a lot of people who have injuries and I have experience with, with my clients as well, um, when they have injuries or if they're not feeling well, or if they are, they know they're prone to like having nagging pains and stuff, they're more likely to cancel if they don't feel like the gym is a safe space to be able to come in and express those, or they don't feel like it's a place where they come in. They don't want to feel like a burden on the trainer a lot of times. And like, it's so mm. sweet, but I'm also like, no, come in, like, we'll work with it. Trust me. And to be able to have the Proteus and have something where like Pat's client can come in and like do it and know that like there will be something that he can do. He just needs to show up and trust Pat. Like it it makes Pat way more like in value, like absolutely just increases his value. Like he is irreplaceable. You know, he is the person who's going to come in and like no matter what condition he's in that day, like maybe he, you know, just got off a flight and it's just the pain is like really, really difficult like he can trust mm-hmm. Pat to like work with him, use the Proteus, use the bands, like be creative. Um, and I think that like creativity and that open-mindedness is very important in trainers where like we have to marry what's like scientifically best and what the client wants and needs to create a program that can be, that can get you results, but also get you results in a way that, or like that, that can like on paper, get your results, right? You're like, okay, this program mm-hmm. makes sense. You are overloading, but also overload in a way that the clients can sustain. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's where the, also, I, I think, you know, for us, something we try to do is surface all these metrics that you can make progressive overload. You can get progressive mm-hmm. overload and, you know, like yeah. work and power and velocity acceleration. You know, there's so many ways you can, you know, improve in, in different aspects of your, uh, you know, performance and your ability to move. And we're trying to just surface that data as much as you can, because maybe for him right now, it's not that he needs to improve peak power, you know, but yeah. maybe it's the amount of work he can do in certain movement patterns, you know, yeah. or, and, and so the more we surface that data, because we are able to measure kind of everything that's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that just gives trainers more and more tools to be able to select because you guys knew your clients better than we'll ever know them. So Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, their goals and everything. So you can go, okay, we're going to work on this aspect of your physicality and and produce can help play a role in that. It's not going to be everything for everyone, obviously, or or for every goal, but it can play a part here or we can play a part in this other goal for power development or strength. But, you know, surfacing that data so that you guys can make those decisions is kind of really what we're trying to do. 
Yeah. And the fact that it's automated also like really, really helps the trainer. Like it is like no one, people don't talk about this enough, but it is, there is a lot of like mental bandwidth that comes with having to keep track of one rep maxes, keep track of they did this on this day on this much sleep, like whatever. And the fact that the Proteus, like there's just a database and you can access it on the machine, but also like from like your computer, like yeah. it's just good to know. Like, and I use this with Daniel who's one of my golf clients. Like we test every single month and I'm not going to remember all of these metrics, but I can easily pull them up and compare them like side by side. Right. And it just gives me, insight. it lets me track how the workouts are going, but it also allows me to then trust the Proteus to have that information instead of like, worrying about like, oh, if I put it on a note in my phone, is it going to get lost in the shuffle? Or like, am right. I going to forget to input this in between sessions? Cause when you have like five sessions stacked back to back, like, you know, you're not going and sometimes clients show up early, sometimes clients show up a little bit late. Like you can't always reliably have time to like input everything into like the appropriate database. So for Proteus to kind of have a backup, a contingency plan to be like, oh, okay, yeah. I can, like, open up the website, search it and like have that number. Um, it's super helpful. And like, Again, it's also the fact like those numbers can be in like very specific movements that apply to what the client needs. Um, because at the end of the day, like a deadlift is a great benchmark. It's a great, like we call it benchmarks for TRX um, where we like retest every month. It's great. But at the end of the day, like not everyone's going to want to be able to deadlift. Someone who's trying to improve their swing speed, increasing their deadlift at some point will only ever increase their deadlift. It's not going to translate to their swing speed. Yep. Um and if you're increasing their deadlift because you're like, okay, I want them to be able to like lift heavy stuff off the ground or they want to be able to deadlift heavy, then fine deadlift. Like, I'm not saying don't do that, right. but for someone who might not specifically like make a beeline for that movement, um, it's just great to have another option that's very specific to what their needs are that might not have an immediate like analog in the gym on the strength floor. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. I know it's something we, we recognized, uh, Eric Cressy said it a lot back in the days he would say, you only deadlift up to a certain point. And then after that, it's literally starts to cause if you're a rotational athlete, yeah. keeping deadlifting heavy literally causes morphological changes in your spine that prevents yeah. you from being able to rotate as well. Cause you have to get better at locking down your spine. Yeah. Can confirm. Like I started off as a power lifter and then I tried to like get into golf because I was like, a lot of my clients like really like golfing. So like, I want to be able to understand this and the way that my I don't rotate. Like I literally just like, don't rotate. Like my shoulders are like, no, we don't do this. Cause this is how you like break yourself. Right. And I'm just like, but it's just a club. It's not like a bar. It's not like a 200 pound bar. Like right. it's fine. Um, but you see it. I mean, you see how many golfers get hurt, you know, and I, I saw golfers uh, all the time as a PT and hmm. rotational movements are the uh, most if, if you had to pick a, a type of movement that injures people the most, it's rotational movements. And that's because it's also where we're weakest. And it just happens to be the, the one kind of plane we train in the least, you know what I yeah, mean? Which is also like a, such an oversight because like our body moves in rotation, like walking is a rotational movement, you know, like obviously, you know, but like walking is a rotational Preach. movement. Like <laughs> our whole life is like based off rotation. Like, so one of my clients, you know, his, his kid like jumped on him and he wasn't able because we hadn't been training rotation. And this is a little bit like my oversight, but also like, we had been really inconsistent because of the holidays. Uh, and it was just one little moment that like easily like incorporating a Proteus like straight on chop could have prevented. And in that moment, it like triggered an injury. And like, I don't think that it was necessarily like the issue. It's like, I don't think that it was like the movement itself was the fact that like there was, there was an imbalance and there were certain like, muscles that may have not been as supportive or as fast and as reflexive as they yep. should have been because we had been training for overall strength because his goal was like ultimately body recomp um and he really enjoyed like the big three lifts like he really wanted his numbers to get back to where they were like 20 years ago and I like I work with him on that um but you know life what someone wants in the gym and what someone needs in life are two very different things mm -hmm. and life will often require rotation opening a door is rotation handing your kids a snack mm. seat is rotation like walking is rotation, you know, like <laughs> trying on clothes, putting on pants, like all of that, there's a rotational element to it. So like, if you're not preparing your body for that, your body will not be able to show up for that after a certain point. So wow. like, that's it right there. That's yeah. it. That's, yeah, listen up. That, that's the preaching moment right there. I love, I love it. The preach, oh, preach to the, you're preaching to the choir in my case, but yeah. I love preaching to the listeners here. Cause it is so true. And you know, these triplanar movements is, 
you know, something we say, you know, is that, you know, less than 5% of like movements are even in a straight line or something mm -hmm. like that. I can't remember where we got that from, but the, you know, the, it's so true. I mean, everything is rotational it, when you really, what it really boils, boils down to it. And we're, you know, we are enabling the loading of some positions this and movements that just don't get loaded very often because we don't have the tools, you know, and that's yeah, really exactly. what we're trying to do, do here. So, yeah. well, just looking at time, I could keep talking to you for forever about all this stuff, but, uh, you know, I need to leave time for my favorite part of the show, which yeah. is the Proteus power questions. Oh, so, <laughs> which is our I'm like light. nervous. I don't know why I got like nervous on that. <laughs> like, don't be nervous. Fun? These are fun. You're going to love these. These are okay, fun. cool. So here we go. Uh, here's the first one. All right. Give me your top five favorite exercises to do. And you can go Proteus or not Proteus, but okay. give me your top five favorite. For myself or for clients or both? Uh, either one. You give me both. All right. Okay. Well, I love a deadlift. Um, All right. Great. Barbell or trap bar. I, for clients, usually use trap bar because mm -hmm. the barbell can kind of ruin leggings sometimes. And it's very much a vanity thing, but like they appreciate the extra level of consideration and care. I love it. Protect the leggings. Um, yeah. So deadlift, any form, any variation. Um, a push up, super versatile. Love it. Um, and then on the other end, like this is very proteus specific, but like a lateral step to a shot put because you get the Ooh. locomotion, you get two planes of motion. Yep. Um, and it's just all about time. Like, like efficiency is the name of the game when you're training gen pop. Um, yep. and that just covers multiple bases. Um, I love a proteus. I love the straight arm chop. I literally did it every single day before Bermuda. Like, so like I went to Bermuda in February and basically, was like, I need, like, I was like, I want abs. I need my abs to be back to where they were before the holidays <laughs> and everything. So I was like, all right, every single day, like straight arm chop with the Proteus. Love it. Um, it was great. Happy, very happy with the results. <laughs> um, Ooh, nice. Um, and I also have clients doing it. Cause again, like great results. Uh, how nice. many is that? That's four. Okay. Um, the deadlift, push up, uh, tr the, uh, the lateral, lateral, I think you said bound to a to a press like a lateral step to uh -huh. a shot put shot put that's right and then and then you know you got the uh the, the chops for the abs yeah and then probably a step up and that's very general because there's a lot of variations of step ups but oh. love a step up very useful in everyday especially when you live in new york which is a very vertical city um a lot of stairs huh. um yeah and i just you can do a rotational step up you can do like external rotation internal rotation yep. lateral um and everyone needs stairs at some point in their life and sure. it also helps to kind of bring certain imbalances to light because you're when mm -hmm. you're doing a unilateral thing and then I also like it on the proteus because the proteus you kind of get assistance on the eccentric if you like kind of load it heavier but you get resistance on the way up so you can yep. help for someone who might be a little bit nervous about the impact of landing on a step up it's simultaneously a regression and a progression love it love it great great answer see that person wasn't so bad right yeah, I just get these. Like, the rest like, of these. <laughs> no, 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 no. The rest of these are going to be uh, even less related to trading. So, okay. what is on the top of your travel list? Where's the number one place you want to go in the world? Well, I'm going to Iceland at the end of this month, and that was pretty Ooh. high up there. Ooh. So, I'm really excited about that. Yeah, it's going to be Midnight Sun. I'm going to see puffins, hopefully, that are like silliest, derpiest birds, which just make me so happy. <laughs> That's um, awesome. Yeah. And then on like a warm weather bucket list, it's like Bali. Ooh, nice. Like, I haven't you know, been to, I haven't been to, I've pretty well traveled. I haven't been to either one of those places. So I'm pretty, I'm jealous of uh, Iceland being booked. Yeah. I don't um, know if I live in New York city, but like when I travel, I try to like, I don't have any like big cities have no more allure to me. Like I want to be in the middle of the wilderness. Like yeah, I love it. Yeah. Well, that's a great segue into the next question was where's the favorite place you've been? If you had to pick, you know, like what's the top of your, what do you tell people? Oh, you got to go here. I've been here and this was awesome. Um, Because I'm in New York and most of my recommendations, this place is kind of, kind of underrated. People don't usually go Bermuda. It's a 90 minute flight. It's super convenient. Nice. It's very chill. You don't get a super big like party scene. Um, cool. And again, it's a 90 minute flight. So if you want like a four day vacation, like a long weekend in the winter and you're just like, or like I need somewhere warm, like just boop over. Boot that's back. awesome yeah. that's awesome i uh again man you're picking places i haven't been i we gotta book <laughs> i gotta book bermuda now too 
Um, okay. Switching it back to, uh, athletics and stuff. Who's your favorite athlete of all time and why? I'll have to say Lionel Messi because growing up, my dad always made us like watch him play because I grew up playing soccer. And my dad was like, look how patient he is. He need to be patient. I've never been a patient person. So, you know, that, that extended <laughs> beyond soccer. Um, but his work ethic and also just the adversity that he's overcome with like, um, you know, the dwarfism and having to get the treatment and people and like him basically like no one really betting on him in the start of his career only for him to basically have like for all intents and purposes, like he literally won soccer. Like there's not a single thing that he hasn't won, you know, like yeah. as of the last World Cup, he has like officially won soccer. He got it all. Yeah. Yeah, he's he like, got it all. Um, so he's really awesome. inspirational and just he's also humility and the fact that like, you know, he's still with like his childhood girlfriend or like someone who's been with his life. It's just like he just seems like a good stand-up person all around. Um nice. but also I will give a shout out to Jason Tatum because he saved the Celtics last night and that was super major super clutch i was nervous game six game six yeah yeah yeah. they got a seven now it's gonna be tough in philly but uh but hey uh, it's at home for us so i'm like not as oh that's right it's okay that's right it's in boston i forgot um all right cool so uh all right well the next one if you could have any superpower what would it be teleportation this one I thought about way too much. This is a this is a common answer that I'm surprised about, but yeah. I, I guess it shouldn't be. But yeah, it's uh, teleportation. All right, why? Well, process of elimination, like what are the other big ones? Like time travel. Like I'm not responsible enough for time travel. Like the amount of like just I would wreak havoc. Like I wouldn't like the butterfly effect. I can't. I can't. Uh. Um, much responsibility. <laughs> um, mind reading I can't do like I'm too insecure like I would get so in my head like I would be like (laughs) everyone hates me and then I would just confirm that like people hate me or I'd get too cocky if people are like oh she's great I'm gonna like yeah I really am great aren't I (laughs) um so I like a little mystery you know I don't need to know what everyone's thinking at all times um and I just teleportation it's just like I hate driving that's a big one like I'm every single bad driving stereotype and I completely live up to it, which is like the worst part. Like I want to be able to be like, no, I subvert all these. And it's like, no, I am the angry mass hole driver. I'm like, I don't even know what the whole like female driver being bad and like Asian driver being bad, what that origin origin is. I know the mass holes are just supposed to be like really like mean um, and aggressive, which I am. Um, <laughs> so I try to avoid driving, hence living in New York City. Um, hey, so teleporting would allow driving. me to go to more places without having to get in a car. Yeah. Um, yeah. And as much as I like, uh, I like travel a lot, but, and I, I like driving. I'm the, I'm the opposite. I like driving, but I don't like driving for really, 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 really long times. And I don't like, you know, flying isn't always the most comfortable. So I, I totally get the teleport. I just think the thing to me is I would think with trainers, since I've talked to so many trainers, they'd be like, oh, I'd want to have super strength, like, uh, yeah. like the Hulk or something, but that hasn't come up once yet. No one said that. Like, so I, I feel like if I get like, what happens if I'm like, I don't know like what if I get like cute aggression I like hug my dog too hard you know like that would like you know like I don't know if I can control that strength and also like that's a great point (laughs) yeah and then I also like I couldn't compete with that strength you know like I could I'd be it would be so out there that it would be be like you're either getting tested every single day or like so the strength has no practicality it just kind of sits there and like marinades wow you just blew my mind I love it I've thought way too much about this (laughs) I love that all right. Well, hey, we got only got two more. So next okay. one, give advice to a young Rachel Ma. What would you tell a younger version of you? Uh, you know, what would be the the top advice you'd say? Listen to your, that's so stupid. Trust your intuition. If something doesn't feel right, like it's probably not right. And just because other people tell you to want it or other people tell you to do it doesn't mean that it's the right path for you. And mm. there will be a space in the world for you. There will be a space in the fitness industry and what you want to do to be able to accomplish, to like live a lifestyle that you want to live and also contribute to the world, what you want to contribute. You don't have to compromise on either. Um, mm. And also save your money and listen to your mom. <laughs> These are all great. You're just dropping knowledge bombs today. Yeah. So I, I, I want everyone to make sure they want go to the, all the way to the end here. Uh, and then and lastly, any favorite podcasts or books or anything that you listen to? Are you a podcast person? Do you have any that you recommend to people? Um, I'm not a huge podcast person just because I need music. Like the only time I really listen to stuff is when I'm like working out and I need music. I need a beat. Um, even if it's like Taylor Swift, which like for most people, like I can't work out to that. And I'm like, I don't know. It's just like, 
it's a vibe for me. <laughs> um, so I'm not like super big on podcasts. Um, but I, in terms of books, I'm reading Brain Energy right now. Um, I'm forgetting what's by. It's by a Harvard professor. It's basically ties a lot of like mental illnesses to metabolic conditions and how like ultimately a lot of mental illnesses come down to mitochondrial dysfunction. And he, his argument is basically using, you know, the keto diet to improve like metabolic flexibility and make people like improve mitochondrial efficiency. But with, you know, the work that like Joel Jameson does with like conditioning and stuff, I'm kind of approaching it from a perspective of like, okay, but you can also use conditioning and low intensity stuff to get that same level of mitochondrial function without having to like spend a bazillion dollars on meat. And stuff I like love, that. by the way, shout out Joel Jameson. I love that guy. I've, I've read his MMA conditioning book. I have it right yeah. down. Yeah. Right over there. So, uh, I, he, he's, he's one of my favorite conditioning guys. So yeah, I love that you brought that up. Also just for coaches in general, like behavioral change stuff, like switch, um, really mm-hmm. useful thinking fast and slow, really useful. Just understanding how the mind works, because at the end of the day, like we know bodies, but we have to know the mind as well to get the mind to do, to do what the body needs. I, I love it. I love it. Well, Rachel, thank you so much for coming on. I, I think the last thing is like, where do people find you? Like, how do they find out? How do they get in touch with you? How do they uh, find out what you're up to? Yeah, well, so my Instagram is private. I'm probably going to keep it that way. But my email, I have an Equinox email, uh, rachel.ma at equinox.com. Really remember, it's just my name. Um, and then my personal email is rachelma1997 at gmail.com awesome. um, for non-Equinox members and stuff. Awesome. Yeah. Well, hey, thank you so much for coming on. It was awesome talking to you. And I look forward to the next time I come up to New York and we'll uh, go to, was it, Devotion, get some coffee. So, oh, yeah, some coffee and some of the guava croissants. They are delicious. Ooh, yeah. Awesome. Well, hey, good talking to you. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Thank you for having me.